might say we don't want it, but why are some of us so comfortable with chaos and drama? If you find you're always firefighting, not just in your life, but on behalf of those around you, and you think, but I don't ask for it, it's just there, or I'm the only one who can solve it, or it's like I solve one thing and another appears. All of this may be true, but I don't believe that all of it is always your problem to solve, even though you may feel it is, and even though in some ways you might even want to do that because somehow that makes you feel needed. Lived experience shapes our lives. Before we learned that we had the power of choice, we watched the adults around us as they role modeled and instructed and shaped our behavior. Even if we didn't want to do something or it went against our instincts, we became very aware of what would reward us and what would punish us. A story commonly told is that of the baby elephant who was kept chained up. And as the elephant grew, he would easily be able to break his chains, but he simply didn't try because he didn't consider it possible. So conditioned was he by his upbringing. And the same is true for us. We quickly learn what will get us praise and what will get us into trouble. And we might then even formulate behaviors to achieve praise and avoid getting into trouble. For example, we excel at schoolwork, which gets us praise, and may become fearful of getting anything less than top marks, which can actually even result in cheating or lying, because in the short term, that keeps us from the potential shame of not being brilliant. Or alternatively, we may learn to adapt our choices, to acquiesce to the more dominant personality. Perhaps mum or dad or a sibling always needs quiet, or maybe there's family secrets to be kept. We simply then fall into line. There are also what Brown in the 1950s called emotionally expressive families. And these were not the type to express nor understand emotion in a healthy manner, but rather these families are used to shouting over each other, used to not listening to each other, used to immediately reacting to each other without processing what's being explained. Or they might engage in other inconsistent behaviours, leading to a difficulty in being able to trust their word and a need to always have a plan B because plan A was likely not to be true. Also, there'd be a constant fear that something else would kick someone off. If we're used to growing up in a chaotic household, this is a situation in which we become comfortable. We know our role. We may be the peacekeeper or the protector, and therefore in chaos, we find a sense of familiarity. So what can we do about it? Well, it is important to recognize that the skills we've developed in being a problem solver or a peacekeeper are hugely important and valuable, but they're not our only strength. We need to try and get in touch with our authentic selves, our personal desires, our own preferences, and give ourselves permission to explore those and make mistakes with them. And know that we can draw from our adaptive abilities when we need to. So maybe try an emotional body scan. Think about a time you felt happy or scared, sad, loved, unsure, determined, angry, 
confident. As you go through each experience, make that image clear and feel where in your body you're really experiencing that emotion. So for me, when I feel happiness, I feel a lightness in my heart. Something also makes me giggly. So I feel it in my face. Some people feel it in their stomach, others in their head. When I feel unsure, I feel that in my gut. And again, this may differ for other people. When you start to recognize where you're feeling certain emotions, although your thoughts about a situation might be giving you one narrative, for example, oh, this is a problem and I need to solve it, your body may be telling you something completely different. For example, if you recognize you do have a feeling in the place where you feel anger, it might be although you could solve the issue, maybe you're angry about having to do it for some reason. And that gives you the starting point to look further and ask yourself, why do I feel angry? Who am I angry at? Why? And this understanding helps us unpack when it is appropriate or meaningful to us to act, and when actually we may simply be reacting to habit. You might also want to journal. Now, don't expect immediate results when you start journaling. In the first instance, journaling is good to simply get the thoughts out of your head so you don't have to force yourself to remember them, and in turn, you don't end up feeling overwhelmed. However, when it comes to working with the questions that journaling may raise, this may take some time before those insights really come to you because you might need to get used to active reflection and that challenges the narratives you're currently telling yourself. It can help to go through this process with a coach or a counsellor, but I am very mindful that coaching does come with an additional cost and counselling may take a long time to attain, even if a referral comes quickly. But starting that process will also give you a written agenda to take with you to discuss when it comes to professional intervention. And that means when you get that support, you can utilize that time as effectively as possible. Also consider removing yourself from chaos. As you begin the process of unraveling your emotions, you may wish to ask yourself before jumping in, am I the best person to help? And what sort of help is most effective? And is this even my problem to solve at all? Another approach may be to ask directly, how can I best help you right now? What do you think will be most useful that I can do? And that way you can also decide if you are in the best place to help and also you know what's needed. And sometimes recognize that you aren't the best person to intervene. So rather than feeling like you're letting someone down, instead try to signpost them to someone who can help and remain at their side as a supportive cheerleader because that can help more than you know. And that's all we have time for. But if you do want to learn more, the Retrain Your Brain podcast reverts to being 10 minutes on my couch with me with practical tips and tools for everyday wellness. And if you go to my website, www.draudreyt.com, you'll find more of those on my blog. However, check out the Wellbeing Lounge podcast where you will learn from the experts and find ways to live your best life.